0: Turns the corner at the 21st down, breaks a tackle at the 25, breaks another at the 30, and he's loose! Gets the carry, and he's loose! Inside the 50-40 to the 30-20-10, touchdown! Hello, hello, let's go. It's your man, Flip Mozzie, and thank you for spending 15 minutes with me today. It's week 14 and our Minnesota Vikings fresh off Monday Night Football against the Seattle Seahawks. A 30-37 loss where our Vikes started hot, then fell apart. They surrendered 24 unanswered points and couldn't recover despite cutting the lead back to one score. It's the second blown lead of the season for Minnesota, both on the road and both against contenders, Kansas City and Seattle, and fans are upset. Fingers pointed at every flaw, I just don't know what it is about this fan base. Why do close losses make us more angry than blowouts? There were miscues abound and plenty of room for improvement but the Vikings are still right there and after 12 games the last thing we're gonna do is start these herky-jerky responses, find conclusions based on one game instead of all 12. So this podcast isn't just about Seattle last week or Detroit next week, the CTP network will have plenty on those games. This pod is a time to step back and do a little season review. Three fourths of the way through the regular season, four pivotal games remaining we will look all the way back and set the stage forward. At 8-4 Minnesota is the current sixth seed in the NFC. They're one and a half games behind Green Bay in the NFC North and if they can win the division, That'll probably slot them into the three seed since the Cowboys and the Eagles both are six and six, battling for that NFC East and the four seed. Beyond the number three seed, the loss on Monday night means there's very few paths to a first round bye. There's just too many good teams in the NFC. But still, our Vikings control their own destiny. The Los Angeles Rams and Chicago Bears chase the Vikings in the nfc standings la one game back chicago one and a half games behind they can get in but only most likely at the vikings expense so the next four final four games loom large good teams streak into the playoffs minnesota needs to grab hold of their responsibility to win this playoff race there's no excuses in 2019. Our Vikings have three home games remaining, three division opponents left. It's all out in front of them. With that all said, the stage is set and we'll look inward for the final midseason review. All the big plays that took place in these close one-score games, not just Seattle, but Denver, Dallas, and Kansas City. I started looking for ways to judge the impact of each of them. That search led me to win probability at a great website called Number Fire. I'll link it in the show notes. Number Fire tracks live plays for NFL, NBA, and NCAA sports. They include both expected points added and win probability for each play. Personally, for NFL games, I prefer win probability for two reasons. First, it adds more weight to late game situations if the game is close. And it considers situations where the team isn't trying to score when the game isn't close. To me, that makes it more balanced and aligned with an NFL team's goals. As Herm Edwards once said, you play to win the game. And there is a lot of ways to dice win probability added per play. Key word being play, not players. Win probability is a team statistic. It judges what the team's chances are of winning before and after every play. Now, we can look at those plays and decide how much credit or blame to give individual players. But still, it's a look at where the team stands. That's why we start with the actual plays. What have been the best and worst plays for Minnesota this season? How do they compare? Let's take a look. For example, everyone hates the player Xavier Rhodes right now. He's been consistently below average, and he gave up that long 60-yard touchdown pass to David Moore just this last week, week 13. It broke the game open for Seattle, giving them a two-score lead at the end of the third quarter. Put Minnesota down 17-27. to That play decreased Minnesota's win probability by 20.4%. It was the worst play in the Seattle game for our Vikings. And let's compare that to other plays the defense has let up over the course of 2019. Per number fire, it's the sixth worst play of the season for the Vikings defense. What was worse than that 60-yard bomb? Well, first we have to go back to week 11 and the comeback against Denver. Remember that epic game was almost ruined by the last Broncos drive, on which Minnesota gave up multiple conversions. It was a pretty unacceptable drive, saved by J. Ron Kurse. In a one-score game with little time left, the Vikings allowed two fourth-down conversions, one to Tim Patrick that decreased win probability by 20.8%, and another to Noah Fant that decreased win probability by 32.3%. This isn't absolving Rhodes. He took the blame for his play against Seattle. I'm not going to make excuses for him for a player that's not making excuses for himself. This conversation is about equivalence. In Denver, the Vikings recovered from those terrible plays to win the game. They recovered on Monday night too, down 17-27. They ended up scoring 30 points overall on Monday night. One play does not make a game, even if it's a big score, even if it's late in the fourth quarter. Keep on playing. The Vikings have played in four straight one-score games. Us fans should know this lesson by now. Here's another example, the Kansas City game. The defense allowed a 40-yard pass to Tyreek Hill that decreased win probability by 32%. The long Damian Williams run touchdown decreased win probability by 22%. The defensive holes are showing more with these big plays. All defenders, Trey Wayne, Anthony Barr, Mike Hughes are getting beat here. All defenders, especially Xavier Rhodes, need to step up. And I guarantee you they know that. I guarantee you Mike Zimmer has said that to their faces. Time to step up, boys. The next four games feature Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, Devontae Adams and Allen Robinson. The Vikings need to decrease their impact and recover when the big plays do happen, like they did against the Dallas Cowboys and the Denver Broncos. To give the defense a break, the number fire data can also show us offensive plays gone wrong. Can you guess what the worst play of the season was? it's okay if you can't actually no it's not it's pretty clear it's Kirk's end zone interception at Lambeau Field it decreased win probability by 35 percent and the second worst offensive play of the entire season Dalvin Cook's fumble on Monday night negative 16 percent win probability the lesson here While our Vikings have overcome bad defensive plays, they have not been able to bounce back from the critical offensive turnovers this season. Cleaning up the fumbles, interceptions, and dropped passes, that's priority number one for the offense. In the big time Week 16 tilt against the Green Bay Packers, a game we hope will be for the NFC North Crown, They've got to take care of the ball, even at home. The Packers rank 7th in takeaways this season. Our Vikings, they lost 4 turnovers back in week 2, going against Green Bay in Lambeau. Two interceptions, one Cousins fumble, one Diggs fumble. After protecting the ball better in the midseason, the turnover bug is back. 5 turnovers in their last 2 contests. There is no path forward. There is no playoff berth without ball security. And that extends to the special teams unit where miscues are starting to creep in. Clean football in the final four Vikings. Now speaking of turnovers, our defense hasn't forced many. But we're not here to mope, we're here to ask for more. Let's shift focus, not just look at the negative, but the best plays our Vikings have made this season. The Anthony Harris pick six is the only Vikings turnover force that generated a win probability increase of greater than 10%. It's the best turnover of the Vikings season. At Dude, Harris's tip drill gave the Vikings the lead early, increasing win probability by 18.7%, and we just need to see way more of those plays. The weaker secondary is being exacerbated by a lack of turnovers. Just four interceptions in 12 games. Bash brother Eric Kendricks made the biggest defensive play of the year. Tipping away Dak Prescott's desperate pass from Zeke Elliott's outstretched hands. The fourth down stop increased win probability by 31.5%. They just need more of those splash. Big time players making big time plays. You know, maybe they can get on the right track against the Chargers in two weeks. Week 15, Phillip River struggling, and LA has committed 22 turnovers, 15 interceptions so far this year. So maybe we see our Vikings get a little more opportunistic. Make the game-breaking plays that playoff teams make. That's Also, why Green Bay leads the division right now. Just 8 turnovers from the Packers, 2 interceptions. They're 2nd in the league with a plus 11 point differential. For the second guess, can you guess which offensive play made the biggest impact this year? Which player? Come on, you know it's Sticky Stefan Diggs. Well, maybe we can't call him sticky anymore after a career-high six drops this year and four fumbles. But either way, Stefan is our most electric playmaker, and everyone knows it. In Week 11 against the Broncos, his 54-yard touchdown catch made it a three-point score, increasing win probability by 19.7%. Kyle Rudolph's game-winner finished just behind Diggs, at 18.4%. But Diggs is all over this list. That Denver touchdown came on a 3rd and 2. On 3rd and 5 against the Broncos, Diggs picked up a key conversion with a 9-yard catch. That type of play, you don't remember it down the road, but win probability highlights it was a big one. 3rd and 13 at Green Bay. In Lambeau Field, Diggs cashes in again with a 45-yard touchdown strike that increased win probability by 13.9%. Those third downs make a big difference in Minnesota's chances to win the game. The Vikings offense is fourth best in third down conversions at 44.4%. They lead the league in fourth down conversion at 66.7%. That's a more aggressive attack, the more aggressive attack we like, and it's working. Now look forward. Chicago has a tough defense, they still can play now. Their top 5 against 3rd down conversions this year, 34.6% allowed. Green Bay is also a top 10 team in this category. So our Vikings must continue to convert those 3rd downs because it's one of the main ways they're achieving offensive success. Even when the going gets tough, the third down plays need to show up and be great. We're just gonna go over which positions and players delivered impactful performances in Vikings games this season. It's a cool thing to do after we've talked about the plays. Number Fire has this cool performance statistic that aggregates the win probability and expected points added over the course of the game, gives them a rating on a scale of 0 to 100. So any score over 90 is a big time score in these games. Rashad Penny and Chris Carson delivered two of the four best running back performances Minnesota faced this year. Penny put up a 97 performance score, and Carson followed it up with a 70 of his own. Seattle ran jumbo sets early and often. It hurt a lot, and signals the defense has room for improvement all around. But in the run game, they're close. They haven't been getting beat on the ground routinely. It's okay to expect a bounce back here when they've swallowed up feature backs like Zeke Elliott, Josh Jacobs, and Philip Lindsay, Aaron Jones for Green Bay had some success in week two, but Detroit and Chicago couldn't get much going on the ground. I wanna see how our defense looks at home. The Zim Reapers have also limited quarterbacks. Only Matt Stafford and Dak Prescott put up quarterback performance scores in the 90s against Minnesota. If you think Russell Wilson was the main reason for the Seahawks win on Monday, you're buying into false narratives. Trust in the Minnesota Vikings defense here. They can stop running backs. They can limit quarterbacks. The struggle is at wide receiver. That's where Amari Cooper, Tyreek Hill, Marvin Jones, Cortland Sutton, And Randall Cobb all outplayed the Purple Secondary. Those five guys all put up scores in the 90s. Again, the receiver battles won't get any easier. This is the defense's big test, and this has big impact. It will determine how potent our Vikings can be in the playoffs. On offense, one player is consistently increasing Minnesota's chances to win the game. It's easy, but I'll let you guess. Of course, it's catchphrase Kirk Cousins. Kirk has easily outplayed the quarterbacks he's gone up against, and he's delivered a top-five impactful performance in 10 out of the 12 games this year. He's the team's unquestioned driver, and having a career year, In terms of efficiency. The haters are gone. Or just really stupid. Now it's just about how the playmakers can step up around Kirk Cousins. Dalvin Cook dominated 6 different games this year. 6 different times. He put up a performance score in the 90s. And even Alex Madison got in on the fun against New York and Oakland. The game in Seattle can't be repeated down the stretch. We can't have our best players creating those critical errors. And we can't go much further without Adam Thielen either. Yes, Stephon Diggs is great, but he's only scored in the 90s three times compared to Dalvin Cook's six. On number fire, he has five top five performances in 12 games this year. Thielen has three top five games in six appearances. We're forgetting how good and how important Adam Thielen is. He's that left jab. The punch that keeps defenses off base with body blows hurts them over time, while Stephon Diggs is the uppercut, the knockout. We need to be reminded forcibly how important that left hand is. Forcibly during these last four games, feed Adam Thielen. He's got to be healthy and producing. It will open this offense up and I can't wait to watch. That's some fun with the numbers y'all. I just covered the big factors on win probability but the performance segment at the end shows that these players can add value through smaller but consistent positive plays too. Left jabs. Madison and Thielen are great examples of that. Overall, the data gives us four big themes to close out 2019. 1. Respond to big plays with big plays of their own. 2. Create a better turnover differential. The Vikings are only average there right now. 3. Be great on third downs. Like they've done all season, be great on both sides of the ball, on that critical play. Four, ride your horses. Cousins, Cook, Diggs, Thielen. We believe in this team because those are some damn good horses. Because we have three home games and we plan to go undefeated at US Bank. Because it's an odd year. Whatever you need to finish this roller coaster 2019, it's been fun. But the final plunge awaits, and as always we know, we gotta strap in. With the best 4 Norsemen, Cousins, Cook, Diggs, and Thielen, the best 4 Norsemen we could ask for. I'm ready, and I know you are too, so let's do the damn thing. Skull, Vikes!